just some ballpark. Boom, and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's that intake of breath. Because he puts the bloody ball 14 uh, yards beyond. The, the second he hits it, I knew we were on the pressure. The Football Pod on OTB Sports in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Well, hello there. The 2022 All-Ireland Champions have been crowned. And James O'Donoghue is a very, very happy man. Come on in. I am indeed. The only thing is I am missing all the celebrations. I was working this morning. So I had to take it easy last night. They're they're currently in Fitzgerald Stadium up at, uh, in Killarney getting the homecoming. Town is hear- absolutely hopping. Can you hear them? I can't. I'm a bit far away, but I'd say it would be mental up there. There's a serious buzz around town. There's a load of... <laughs> We, did, we should have recorded this earlier. You should be down there, man. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> Not a chance I would be doing this podcast at this time if Dublin won the All-Ireland yesterday. For what, what a man. You're so dedicated. You were straight into work this morning as well. I thought you would have stayed up last night. I know. I was th- I was going to go to that party, but it was too controversial. The the, the postman <laughs> celebration. Yeah, right. You were about to organise it that. Yeah, oh. no, I went, uh, I went for a few pints in town after we got down off the train. It was nice, nice low key. The train was mental on the way down. Okay, it was, li- it was like the D two on the train. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. we do we only get talking about the train here? Because we was like, a like with an, an air horn. Paddy, we who was that or an air horn? Paddy, we obviously did a pre match uh, chat with Galway's Ian Burke. It was very interesting before the game. Burke was very confident. We'll, we'll come back to that in a couple of minutes. Galway, we're going to come back to in a minute. But James O'Donoghue, it, like, did a lot of people walk from Houston to Crow Park? Well, we walked, uh, it was, it must have been 25 degrees yesterday. The forecast was rain. And before the game, it was absolutely baking. So we walked in from, from Houston into Crow Park. That's like from Ballymun to Crow Park. I know. I was wearing... I walked from the Fina. I wasn't, wasn't as bad as Houston, but geez. What? Like, we were in there for what? Just after one o'clock? So we're thinking, you're, right, right, we're in early doors here. We'll get a bit of parking close by Drum Condor or something. <laughs> but to be fair, at that time, now it evened out by the time throwing went, but... Around Drum Condor and Fisborough, it was like the whole of Galway <laughs> had the camp to, to the north side of Dublin. How did you find that walk? It was good. It was it was nice. Uh, obviously, it was very warm walking down. I was hoping to get a bit closer in, but uh, there was a bit of crack coming from outside the pubs and Fagans and Quinns and things like that. But um, it's unique, obviously, for going to all our finals now. I think it was, I wasn't at last year's one. You're working on last year. You're working on no, last year. I wasn't. I was over the United game. <laughs> <laughs> I was over Ronaldo's homecoming instead. It was actually the first All Ireland final I've been at since finishing up, since not playing in it. So ah, yeah. okay. So look, it was. It was look. It was a cool atmosphere. The hurling the week before was deadly as well. The weather helps, and we're first kind of full crowds after COVID and things like that. It was a unique pairing. We said it was that. class for Galway to be in it for the first time in over twenty years, and Kerry. Had the sense that look, there was pressure on Kerry, but they had the sense that like this was it. Very similar to having beaten Dublin in the semis, it was like now the famine's going to be over. We're going to get the job done today, and and eventually they did. But but the atmosphere around the place was was off the charts. And I was looking, seeing on social media today, some some great memories. The Boar's head was hopping. Yes, the Kerry boys are all back there. <laughs> yeah, I seen that Hugh Hurricane puts on a good show on Ireland on Monday. There's no two ways about that. Uh, if I he loves that weekend, doesn't he? It's he a proper. It. It, Paddy O'Shea. Paddy O'Shea started that back. It must have been in the. Must have been ninety seven. Yeah, 97. Yeah. That 97 that. Kerry team were serious crack. All of them were 
Like they, they, they had a great time. Enjoyed that, crack, like. But that that walk in is actually a depressing walk when you're passing. It's when you're going to work at the game because you're passing all the crack and you <laughs> can't go in and you have to go in and you should have had three or four points, Jim. You'd lose your point. I know I should have I should have worked on it. He was right there. <laughs> He was, he was right. Life there. Yeah, he had the chest out. Did he? Did he make you nervous? Because he was. He. I felt like Ian Burke. He epitomised all Galway people coming into the weekend, and it actually made the final <laughs> because. And they played like it. They believed it was there for them, and it really was so close from James. Did you not feel that bit of nerves then before the game? I did. I did. Ever since our roadshow, honestly, in Kilmacud, I, I was started getting jittery. Michael Bean has Burke. that effect on that. <laughs> yeah, me and Saul the good, Saul the good tune, but like Ian Burke. Full on said, pound for pound, Galway are better. He had no doubt about it. And then you're kind of looking at it, you're going, these lads are some serious operators. Like they are going to rattle carry. So not that it was kind of a worrying time, but when you see how much confidence actually had in themselves, it was it was a bit a bit ropey. Especially half time, I thought we were in serious trouble. So Irish Rail put on a good service. Who did? Irish Rail. They put on a great service. Thank you. No issues. You know issues getting home, no. <laughs> well, I I I made a little error when I was booking the tickets for the train. I booked I booked up perfect seven forty five, Killarney to Houston, but I booked Houston to Killarney return for Monday morning at seven o five instead of seven o five p.m. on the Sunday, and. I only realised on Friday evening that I'd done it and all the train tickets were sold out. So what did you do? Did you flash the footballer the year card? <laughs> yeah, I have a laminated uh, document. Do yeah. you know who I am? What no, we got, up, I, we got up to the, to the train station and I just, there was a big queue, like like a, a mosh pit and everyone was trying to get through this one door. So I just started, I just started like gently pushing people through. So there was no, <laughs> there was no tickets being shown. I this got is on, like the Champions God. League final of Paris all over again. Like, it was geez, a big like, carry fans. Was trouble, and it and was, was a rave. I was, with, I was with the father. I didn't tell the father that he didn't have a ticket for the train until he was on the train halfway down. Okay. He would and have he, had an anxiety attack. How did he enjoy it? He loved it. It's a great day. It's a great day. Yeah. Train up and down is honestly very enjoyable. If you go for a pint or two before the game, couple after, down at your ease, few pints in town and clarity after it is a great day when you win obviously losing is uh is an awful buzzkill but once you win and we haven't had that in a while so he was delighted yeah you are listening to episode 30 of the football pod with paddy andrews and james adonahu is brought to you every week by aib proud sponsors of the ga senior football championship this week on the pod we're going to be getting stuck into the all-ireland final talking about how kerry won it how close galway came to winning it the performances of both Shane Walsh and David Clifford, we're going to get to them in a couple of minutes because it was just such a joy to be there to witness that. And a little later, there's a bit of a quick fire managerial round. I'm not going to mention it yet, but uh, me, they're back. Uh, James, um, in terms of Kerry winning it, did you get emotional? Paddy, was he emotional in the in the press box beside you? Like, did he, was he quiet again? Was, like, what was he like? Did he come alive in the last couple of minutes? No, I think, look, I think like anyone from Kerry, they were nervous with the first half. Hmm. That it was kind of the the question marks we said about Kerry beforehand was how they were going to react to the kind of set defence goal. We were obviously going to try and get bodies back and frustrate them. And, and look, for being honest, that first 37, 38 minutes, Kerry only scored two points for play in that half. Um, so they were struggling. So so you're thinking, Jesus, if I was from Kerry and you could see it around that there was nerves and there was tension there. Uh, and there was a big responsibility on Jack O'Connor and... Not, I'd say all the players in that dressing room that okay, they'd kind of had 
They had an excellent season to date. They've been consistent, the most consistent team across the board. But now is the biggest test. And, and they weren't really answering it in the first half. And it was going to be, they had to be resilient. They had to be far more innovative on in how they were attacking. And as we've seen with Jack O'Connor, he made two ballsy calls as well to, to, to take out two of Kerry's most experienced leaders um, over the last decade in Paul Gini and David Moore in a half time. Like that is a big call. If that doesn't go well, there are massive personalities in that dressing room. Um, Moran wasn't having a particularly bad game. Gainey, to be fair, was probably getting on a little bit of ball, but the shooting boots were... Like, he has three shots in the first half. He misses two ones that normally you'd expect Gainey to get. He kicks them over and he's Kerry's top scorer from play. So that's the fine margins that, that Kerry were operating in. But, but to be fair, Jack O'Connor, he's an experienced coach. He's a multiple All-Ireland winner. He makes the big calls. And you've got to say they were justified. Killian Spillane has a massive impact, gives that bit of energy and that bit of spark in the Kerry attack. Galway start to probably tire in the final quarter. They're, they're still relying on, a, as good as they were defensively, and kind of frustrating Kerry. You look at Galway's scores. Yeah. They were struggling for, for scores as well. Like the scores they were getting were absolutely individual brilliance yeah. off the charts. It's not like they were dissecting that Kerry defence. It was Shane Walsh getting the ball and, and just going absolutely ballistic, like incredible scores. The four he gets from play, like each one was better than the last. What's your favourite, Paddy? Oh, uh, I think his very first one. Very I think first, his yeah. very first one yeah. or his last, last one. His last. first one because, like, he's on the run, he cuts in from the sideline. Oh, that's his, that's that's his second. That's, that's his second. second oh, sorry, his second. Sorry, his second one. The second one where he cuts in on the sideline from the Hogan stand, goes in between Tom O'Sullivan, I think, is it, is it Jack Barry coming back? But, he, he like he's still about he fifty meters from goal, and he's no backlift. He just like flicks it over and it hits the back net. And then his final score, where it's underneath the the Hogan music, the music. Ireland. No, the, the other one where oh yeah, he kind of cuts back on his wrong <laughs> side. Yeah, and he's Beautiful. absolutely knackered. Like, and he kind of does about four dummies with Thomas Sullivan and kicks it over and on the right. Yeah, me and James were right behind it, and it was kind of like just like even James, you had to applaud it. It was genius stuff so but but that's what Galway were relying on it's not like they were tearing the carry defence to shreds and out of their 16 points they get he gets 9 of them and Killian McDade has an absolute game of games from midfield and four, four just by purely running carry into the ground that's the, the Aussie rule stuff boy god those boys come back in some shape like and he just runs Jack Barry who's one of Kerry's like we talked about him last week, he's a spoiler. He's a guy who you can put and he'll keep up with anyone. He, he, he didn't keep up with Killian McDade. But if you look but I wonder, Petty, I wonder about the matchups in the second half because first half, McDade had one point, right? But Moran was on Conroy. Yeah. And Barry was on McDade. McDade. But they did a switch up. They switched. Robert O'Connor came out to midfield and yeah, they, they went to the switches went on. I think it got a bit messy. Okay. Yeah. And that can happen in games, particularly. Yeah. McDade really comes into it probably the third quarter I thought was exceptional for both teams. It was, it was like a shootout for both. And it was something I have to admit I didn't expect to see at all in this game. And it was, it was a highly entertaining game. Um, but McDade, if uh, back to the point of McDade and Walsh scored 13 of, of Galway's 16 points. So Galway never really broke down Kerry's defense either. It was individual brilliance that was getting them over the line. But yeah, am, am I allowed to say that? Shane Walsh's third point was the best point from play. Like yeah, I, it, I lost it. Like I, I stood up. Every one of them is spectacular. Even his first one, which you might think is easy, yeah, it's not like like that, that was, was my favorite. 
The third his one. First point, his first point was my favourite. His first he one. Win, okay. He wins it out in front, right? He puts all his weight on his left leg as if he's going to take Tom O'Sullivan on, right? And then Tom kind of goes left and then he just shifts all his momentum back onto his right leg. And suddenly he has about 20 yards of space. The way he created that space, honestly, was unreal. And then he just snaps it over, no problem. I have it open here. Did yeah. we say, Jimmy, even at that score, because he was playing inside and he'd kind of switched with Finnerty and Finnerty was coming out to link the play at, at centre-half forward. Um, he got that score and he just knew he was on it. Yeah. You knew he, he was just electric. It was like Homer nearly in the semi-final. Um, he just looked so, so sharp. And He looked ice cold. He looked just in the zone. Yeah. No messing around. No, no cross-field passes. Yeah. No silly dummies or anything. Just ice cold clinic. Well, I, I was delighted. And it's funny, to, it's funny to say this. Like I was delighted for him to put on a performance like that. There was, I think I've seen figures today for a million people watched that match yesterday. Anyone who has any interest in Gaelic football or the GEA as a whole was watching that match yesterday. And Shane Walsh, we all know his talent and he hasn't always delivered on it and he hasn't been consistent. And if Galway were to do anything this season, he was going to have to be an absolute key cog in that. And his performance yesterday, even though he's come out on the wrong side of it, and it's not going to be much consolation. I'm sure the boys are, are devastated today, but I, I was delighted for him to put on a performance like that yesterday and show everyone this is how good I really am. Because he was. He was toe-to-toe with Clifford. And we've seen the, the adoration Clifford has across the board, nationwide. And he was spectacular as well. And we'll get to him on, on the winning side. But for Shane Walsh, it was massive. For Killian McDade, it was a brilliant performance. But we, 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 we weren't far off lads, with the stuff we were talking about last yeah. week. If Galway were going to win this and get over the line, they needed all their boys. They needed every one of them to be a yeah. 7, 8, 9 out of 10. Cover doesn't have a shot in the whole game. He's one touch, one possession in the first half. And we, yeah. Matty Tierney, who if if Ty Morley's kind of picking him up and he's dropping off, I'm thinking Galway. Don't let him do that. Yeah. If Morley's, if you're gonna let Matty Tierney drift off, get Matty Tierney the ball every single time. Make him be marked, have an impact on the game. Paul Conroy, like we, we couldn't believe it. me and James were looking at each other on the stand. 12 minutes to go and and Paul Conroy, their talisman nearly, is, is taken off. And they're a point down. They're just thinking, that is not, not how you envisage Galway winning this game. They, they needed every one of those guys. It was a brilliant performance from Galway, but in terms of winning it, in terms of, of, of taking out Kerry, coming down the stretch, you just felt all of those guys needed to be having the game of their lives. And, and it really was probably McDade and Walsh. Uh, Liam Silk did a brilliant job. On, on, Malloy. Kieran Malloy was exceptional. Well. But in terms of the, the, the superstars, the yes. Homers, the Conroys, they needed two or three points from play from each yeah. of those guys as well. They just didn't get it. And you, you look particularly the last kind of 10 minutes, including the injury time, Galway just seemed to run out of gas. They definitely did. That, and we that come. Was, that was kind of, they lose that final 10 minutes, 4 0. Yeah. Um, and they just look out on their feet. We'll come back to that in a little bit more depth as well later on because I think the bench, obviously we mentioned the two yeah. splants come in. Michal Burns, Paul Murphy has a possession or two very, very important in the last couple of minutes. So we'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. James, just like, can we just hang on here and just, I think we just, we're lucky that we have yourself and Paddy in the pod here to appreciate and talk about what we witnessed between David Clifford and Shane Walsh yesterday. Like, I don't know whether I'm allowed to say I was proud to be a Gaelic football fan in the stadium and experiencing that. It was such a pleasure to watch two footballers like that play with such fire. Like, 
my, one of my favorite things about David Clifford in that game was no matter what Shane Walsh was doing or no matter who around him wasn't fully clicking, he was geeing up the crowd. He was playing with fire. Let's not forget David Clifford wasn't even fully fit. Like he'd like, he spent most of that game walking, conserving a bit of energy. Like Sean Kelly took off at one stage and Clifford realized he couldn't chase him. And he just left it. He's like, I'm, I'm not doing that. And what he did was he fielded those huge marks. Graham O'Sullivan putting in two or three big balls. Clifford fielded them. Points that Kerry needed. They really needed because Galway were on fire in that first half. Yeah. With Clifford's ones, a high, a high field for a score is a serious crowd pleaser and a crowd booster. And Kerry weren't clicking 100% early on. And I was involved with Jack in 2012. And his main thing was always diagonal ball, diagonal ball. Can we get that long ball in? I didn't think they'd do it this time against Galway because I thought I didn't think they'd do it because of the way that Galway defend. They'd have two extra bodies back there. I thought you were were brave. No, they were brave and they did it. And Graham put in two lovely balls. But the way Clifford went up, protected himself, won him. And Sean Kelly actually came out and started absolutely lambasting. I think it was Johnny Heaney for not pushing up closer on on Graham to stop the ball coming in because once it's up there, Clifford's a big man, he's 6'2", and he just fielded him brilliantly and took the scores. But it was an unbelievable battle between the two boys. I know we're going to say it was like Clifford against against Walsh. Obviously, there was way more than that going on. But Walsh is, outside of Kerry, my favourite player by a mile. He just plays the game effortlessly. So much pace, power, yet control and skill. I just think he's he's a savage talent. Ray, 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 did, did you read the story in the paper on Saturday morning? Ray Silk, I can't remember who, who wrote or who he's chatting to. I better dig it out here. But Ray Silk was talking about coaching him in Jarlitz when he was 14. And they were winning the game quite well. And I think Walsh had racked up maybe 2-7 or 3-8 or something ridiculous. And towards the end of the game, he goes on this slamming run where he's left foot, right foot. He rounds three defenders. He gets around the keeper. He's an open goal. And he doubles back. And he solos around two or three more defenders and he buries it in his other foot. <laughs> and after the game, Silk goes into the dressing room. I don't know whether he collars him because Shane Walsh is only 14, but he lights him up. What were you doing? Like that, that goal was on. Why didn't you do it? And Shane Walsh just said, because I love it. <laughs> he plays football like he loves it. And it was yeah. just, it was just class to watch it yesterday. It was. I honestly, I felt a bit awkward inside the press box because I was clapping Shane Walsh's scores. <laughs> And we were surrounded. The press box was all Kerry. Was it? It is. They've taken <laughs> over. I said this last week. Like, it's a joke. Every Galway score was kind of like, oh, not another one for Galway. But I was, I was like, <laughs> round of applause for Shane Walsh because I've marked Tom Sullivan. I know how good he is. If you try and take him on, he has the pace usually to match you. But Shane Walsh had an extra gear. It was incredible. And he never actually, in fairness to Tom, Tom Sullivan didn't let Shane Walsh get inside him too many times. Shane just took the shot so early and from so far out and he had miles to spare. It was just beautiful kicking. I see it was, it was just a joy to watch the two boys, but I must say, I thought Shane was a standout performer. Shane was. Would you have given man of the match? I was just going to say only for Clifford getting eight points and being unbelievable. What would they have done? Like, because the, the man, the match has to go. The winner takes it all. The winner takes it all. And I'm all for that. But if Clifford wasn't as unbelievable as he was, Shane Walsh had to get man the match then. But they couldn't not give it at the winner's They're function. They're across town on the <laughs> or something. They'd pop it in live on Sunday game. They'd have to cut in on a phone or something. Yeah. 
zoom in like the lads. But uh, that, that, do you know what the best thing about it was yesterday, lads? Um, like, it's the biggest game. It's the pinnacle of Gaelic football. And you had two absolute superstars. And we said it so many times last week and in so many different previews of the game that it's rare enough on a, in a game like that when you're at the absolute peak that the superstars are the guys that dominate. But it was from, from five minutes in. Like, we all know Clifford's talent for... People have, like, he's been known nationwide for the last 10 years, probably longer than that, that mm. this guy is an absolute phenom and his technical ability and his finishing and some of the scores, particularly he gets one in the second half on his right foot, he's like 45 metres out, just clips it over, he gets one just before half time on his left foot, down yeah. and shooting effortless. The so effortless, just the technical ability to do that is off the scale. But, the most impressive thing is leadership was off the charts yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Kerry, like we said, the Kerry attack was not functioning. It was not dealing with that Galway defence. But Clifford was the man. He's like, put it in any way you want. I'm going to get this ball. I am literally... Graham O'Sullivan puts a couple in. And he has a brilliant second half of the first half. He's, he probably skies a couple of balls in. They're, they're, not, they're not the best. The second Clifford. one, he definitely, he yeah. definitely miscued. But. But, but, but Clifford just makes it. He's yeah. like, I don't care. I just, his mentality is, oh, today is my day. I've been waiting for this all Ireland. My team is expecting me to do this. Every Kerry person in the stadium and nearly every football supporter around the country is expecting Clifford to get his hands at Sam McGuire today. And that can, that can be hard to deal with. Lesser players can crumble. You can start forcing things and start getting inside your head. But Clifford, his leadership and his execution yesterday was off the charts. Unbelievably impressive. Um, we know it was technically believe, but for him to go and do that yesterday, like I, I see a lot of people are kind of giving out about man of the match. And yes, Shane Walsh was excellent, but Cliff, Clifford won Kerry the All Ireland yesterday. Like as brilliant as Shane Walsh was, probably tires coming down the stretch. Clifford across the entire 75, 80 minutes that we played, he was Kerry's go to guy at every stage in that game, even when they were struggling. Um, and it like, was, and he, and he deserves it. Look, he, we, we, his talent is spectacular. It is it is a pleasure to watch it. And for, and for us, for me as a neutral sitting there watching it, it was just incredible to watch these two guys. The scores, it was. There was gasps at times. Like, and James, <laughs> right, even Kerry people are looking at Shane Walls going, you, you have to admire what you were witnessing there. Um, just on the leadership. Him, just to have a performance like that, even if it doesn't result in... And obviously, winning the Samuel Warrior for Galway. It was a phenomenal uh, performance from Shane as well. It's, yeah, 100%. It's, and it's something to build on, and it gives Galway something to go into the winter with. And I want to speak to you both about what a winter can be like when you've you've lost and how you can turn that into something positive. On the last point on Clifford, we're going to talk about it more, but just on what you're saying there, Paddy, the free on 66 minutes, it's a controversial one. We might get to it later. I think Hurston had a good game overall. Harsh, that's, no, that's no gimme, Paddy. No, like it's it's a it's a sellout <laughs> Crow Park, eighty two thousand three hundred people. You're in the corner between the hill and the Cusack. He, tr- he tries to steal a few yards and he's pulled back. I think he's pulled back further than the free was actually given. Yeah, he probably is. He's brought back, but no, of course it's not. Of course it's not an easy free. That was it. Like that's again that that's the the skill of these guys. Shane Walsh has a couple of frees on his weaker foot. Yeah. And he's just clipping them over. Like they are unbelievably difficult frees in unbelievably high stakes environments. And Clifford just nailed it. Doesn't blink. James, how, how did he say it so relaxed? Like his style of, of striking frees. I know he, he credits. I'm telling you. 
preparation. Preparation. The reps. I know he, he he is a monumental kicker. Like as in he him and his buddies. I know a couple of them that play for Legion. They just go kicking, as just for fun. Just yep. kick, 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 kick. And he has nailed down his his routine. He it's not like he he's pure reps, and I know he's pure reps because he could line up to kick a free any way at all, and it would go over. Whereas, you know, some fellas, they're taking three hops. They're doing two small steps and then three big steps and a hop and a jump. And then yeah, yeah, it has to be. Yeah. He could do any sort of a setup and it would still go over the black spot. You just know that he's taken so many shots in his lifetime that he is just not missing. He's so and relaxed that, about it. He spoke He spoke about Morris Fitz, the impact of Morris Fitz had on him last year. I know Morris Fitz is there as part of the three Jubilee teams that were there. And we might come back to that a little later. Sean O'Shea spoke about the impact of Morris Fitz too. Is, is Fitz giving them out in there about how relaxed he is? Like what? He's, he's re- freakishly relaxed. He would definitely challenge him. I remember I did a, a kicking session with Morris Fitz one day and there was no, there was no easy one. I, I'd say we started on the sideline and then went out to the 45 and back around the other side. Really? You know? Yeah. Like he starts with the difficult ones and then if you get them, you can go in a bit nearly rather than the other really? way around. So yeah, I'd say the boys do spend a lot of time. I did spend a lot of time with him, but that free, I did feel sorry. Was it, was it John Daly who was caught? Yeah. Like, I, 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 you know what? There was no need to give that free if you're the ref. I just think that, that yeah. it was it was a free out. Let the game. Why would he try and buy that free or steal that free in his own territory? Fair enough. If he was attacking, he might try and buy a scorable free, but he was he was probably going to be fouled there or he was fouled. There's just no need to give it. I don't think. I know it was a scrum as well. Like Comer, Comer had actually just started coming into the game. He made that massive play for McDade's equaliser and Comer actually nearly had a turnover on Paul Murphy and it spun down the field to just there in that corner to, to Daly. John yeah. Daly yeah. slips and that allows Spillane to come in and tackle him. And look, right, watch it back. And I've actually got done for this a few times. You're right, James. At the other end, it's easier <laughs> to give it against the forward. But, um, I thought at the time, and I said it to you, Jimmy, live, I was like, I didn't feel John Daly needed to do that. He he do, he grabs Spillane's arm. It's a lazy tackle by Spillane, and John Daly grabs his arm. And I'm thinking, you don't need, you don't need to try and buy a free there. You can actually just push him off and turn back around and go back to Gleason and go. Like, technically, if you're looking absolutely like ref nerd rule book, it, it probably is a free. But at that stage of an all earn final, like nobody in that stadium, it's not like the Kerry fans are going, that's a blatant, he's dragging yeah. his arm. You just don't need to give that free. And I think it's so, so pedantic. I actually think it's a black hair defence as well, is it? Like if you're... Yeah, I'm, like he would have really taken the piss Black while he was at it. But, but like there's, there's three minutes to go in the all earn final and it's level. Yeah. And it's... So I didn't think Daly needed to even go there. But I was surprised Person gave it because he refed it. He was so, it was a really flowing game. Let <laughs> me look at the hurling the week before. I, I nearly had to decapitate a fella to give a free against you. He I did didn't know. notice. I didn't notice Hurston, to be honest. I thought he was very good. And uh, the best way, two big that's moments, the best way Tommy, were, the, were that free. And, and what? Then the kick out. The kick out. Oh, what the was kick out. Go to get away with the kick out. And the lads are inside the D. Yeah, what? but what were they inside the D? Because I, I put I my head down for a split yeah, second. One okay. They were inside the D. Okay. But like, as a corner forward, right? You're, you're, you're down the other side of the field. You're level. You're thinking, right, get us the ball here. Let's try yes. and go ahead. And those two decisions go against you and you can't do anything about them. They're all the way down the other side of the field. It's so deflating. Like, you've tried so hard to get level and then a couple of things go against you. It's so hard to come back. And 
Kerry, uh, the thing is with the with the first one, the John Daly free, like it still had to be punished. Yeah. Like the, the free was on the sideline. Like Clifford gives him a first of all, they get the, the blatant downer of it being a free, and they're going, Oh, no chance. And then when he sinks it and the crowd go mental, like it's such a double whammy for Galway. Yeah. But James, no, it really was. at that point, Galway had gone 12 minutes without scoring, and then they have that burst yeah. of two points to get it back to 16 all. And, and it took a hell of a lot for Galway to get like Homer does make a massive play. Gets it to McDade. McDade gets his four points and it's 16 all and there's 66 minutes on the clock. And you think, oh, we have one last kick in them. Was, they've, they, they've struggled over the previous 10 minutes to try and get back level. And then the ball goes down the other end and, and it's like a gimme for yeah. Kerry. And they it never was, get that back. They never it, get, like the, the throw up off Gleason's kick out, they actually win it. They get away with that. But but you're right in terms of the momentum and the energy of the game. It just slows everything yeah. down. It's, it's like just another, like you're fighting against the tide. It's, it's a, it was like another kick in the hole for, for Galway. But it was like their last yeah, answer. Parra Joyce was, was frustrated about it. Yeah. If you're not a Galway team, like say, at that stage of the game, I, I, it was a massive call by Hurston to give it. You're like, Jesus. Yeah. Technically, yeah. yeah, okay, rule book maybe you could give it, but in that those circumstances, and I know that's the refs can easily say, well, look, rules are the rules, but I even thought Daly could have given another second to try and push him off, but yeah. they'll yeah. be, be fuming about it. To be fair. Yeah, but there yeah. were there were two massive moments that probably will go kind of under the radar. The first one was I think it was the sixty fourth minute. Teams were level. Galway pressed up on the kickout and Shane Ryan picks out Gavin White under the Hogan yeah. with an unbelievable kickout. Like, mm. that's almost the, the it's like a Ron Nogara moment. Joe Ron Nogara said, I, I was, I had to prepare myself to want to have the most pressureful situation in the match. And that's how I dealt with it. Like, Shane Ryan had the ball down there with everyone looking at him. Galway pressed up, leveled the other end final five minutes to go. Can I get this kickout off? And he pings one beautifully to Gavin White. I think Kerry get a score off it. That was unbelievable play. And then when Paul Murphy came on and Kerry were a few points up, they could have got tentative, maybe drawn the pressure on themselves. He hits Shawnee Shea with a backdoor cut, hand pass. So Shawnee kind of shows to Paul Murphy in the middle of the field and then he doubles in back behind. I think um, Gavin White actually ends up fisting the ball Just over the bar. Over the bar yeah. but like those brave plays, like giving a, a backdoor cut, hand pass, yeah. last, second, last minute of an All-Ireland like, is risky. It could have been turned over and they gone down the other way. Yeah. In two matches now, Paul has stepped up and done those risky passes that have paid off. Yeah, so was, those, two, those two moments were big for Kerry. He laid on the Sean O'Shea free as well. You are listening to episode 30 of the Football Pod with James Donahue and Paddy Andrews. Kerry have been crowned All-Ireland champions. The party is taking place about 500 metres from James O'Donoghue's sitting room at the moment. <laughs> we'll be back talking a bit more about the All-Ireland final right after this. You are very welcome back to episode 30 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. Kerry, number 38 take a little bit longer for the doves to knock them off their perch Paddy so we, we've spent a good bit there talking about David Clifford and Shane Walsh perhaps not long enough but Paddy can we just go to let's say some of the forwards that didn't get into the game really like so just to give you a list of the stars here Damien Comer Sean O'Shea Rob Finnerty, Paul Ganey Matthew Tierney Paul Conroy there's different reasons and different ways but in a lot of ways they, they just they didn't come out of their shells we could say can we take one or two of them? The Damien Comer situation. Was it a case that Jason Foley and Tyg Morley utterly shut him down? Did Galway not give him enough ball? Or was this part of the plan to allow a bit more room for Shane Walsh to perhaps exploit the spaces there? Listening to Joyce and after the game, it seemed like that was something that they had thought about. 
what that they, they play Shane that, Walsh closer that, to goal and break home out. A coma essentially was a bit of a decoy. Okay, well, if that's what you do, but I think if a player of the quality of Comer, I think you need to try and get him into the game as well. I think there's a responsibility on, we would always say in, in our teams that there's key players are going to be man-marked in the biggest games. You have to give them a dig out. You have to try and get them into the game. And, and you could say the exact same with Sean O'Shea on the Kerry side, where Liam Silk is all over him. But there's there's a couple of passes Kerry can just give to Sean O'Shea. Just, just nearly hand them the ball. Yeah, and the same with like if it's a five-yard hand pass, just give it to him. He's one of your key players. And the same with with Comer yesterday. Yes, Shane Walsh plays closer to goal, and then he swaps directly with Rob Finnerty. I thought Finnerty was quite good playing out at eleven. Did I, you? I thought he was actually yeah. I thought he was giving yeah. playing with Sullivan, not on the score sheet, but he was linking a lot of play, brilliant runs, really smart play. Whereas Comer, like you can say, he doesn't have a shot, right? He doesn't score from play, obviously. And you could say, well, Jason Foley did a brilliant job. It wasn't like Jason Foley was beating him out to every ball and he was eating him and he was turning him over. It wasn't like it, that, that type of traditional battle. He just wasn't getting on the ball. Didn't come at all. Galway didn't really, you probably count them on one hand the amount of times Galway kicked the ball inside to their inside line. That's a credit to Kerry's defensive system and also just the way Galway were playing. It was quite conservative. You're thinking that the most glaring one is John Daly's brilliant pass. Like, it's a brilliant kick pass. Into what a pass. Heaney gets it. It's a brilliant block by Stephen O'Brien. But we didn't really see a lot of that from Galway at all. And that's what Comer really thrives on. If, if you can think, I thought there, there might have been an option to put Comer and Shane Walsh inside. Keep them right beside each other and bring everyone else out. Let Finnerty, let Tierney, all these guys come out and get the two boys working together. I, I always felt that Galway scores, particularly Shane Walsh's, they were all individual brilliance. Uh, it's very hard to sustain that over 75, 80 minutes. They nearly do it, but but generally speaking, that that that's not really sustainable over the entire course of the game. And, and for, for me, if I'm Galway, if I'm Damien Comer, I'm going, we needed to get him on the ball, literally hand him the ball. He c- comes out in the last quarter because he realises I've had no impact on this game. I've literally just got to come out and try and get on it. And he can, be, he can get caught in a situation like that. I've had it happen to me myself where you're in full forward and the ball is being run and you're not getting on it. And you go, right, I'm coming out. You try and get on it and then you start kicking the ball in because there's more space inside and you're nearly caught between two stools. But but, but for Comer and for Galway, I'm sh- like you're looking at that. The next phase I would feel for Galway is nailing an attacking game plan as well. Yeah. That, that, that the massive positive for them was their offensive system, their work rate, the confidence they'll get from this run. But I'm thinking... If I have if I have a full forward line potentially of Finnerty, Comer, and Walsh, I want all of them to impact the game. I get it that there's times guys need to be unselfish and create space for their players. It would have been a key thing that I would have done on my own team. But Comer is a superstar. You've got to get him into the game. And it wasn't really just that Jason Foley at him. There was just no real possessions at all going in. Credit to Foley, credit to the Kerry defensive system. But I think Galway will look back at that and go. He he's one of our absolute X Factor players. Imagine if we got imagine he has the game along with Walsh that, that Comer had against there in the semi-final. Galway would be the all other champions. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's that's fine lines. Yeah. That's the frustrating thing for him. I don't think he did anything overly wrong. He, he was he's working his socks off. Yeah. I just think that the system, they didn't get a lot of kick passes in. Like I say, the guys who got on the end of them were was Shane Walsh and then Heaney. 
really. And, and Rob yeah. Finnerty was very good in the link, but there wasn't an X kick past the Cobra as well. So I just think the style of play, it just didn't get him. It didn't play to his strengths. You, you mentioned, we, go on, James. I think I don't want to do, or we don't want to do Jason Foley a disservice because the same happened with Dean Rock in the Dublin match. Foley was marking Rock and we were watching it and I was thinking, Rock's not showing as hard as usual. Yeah. And he's not making himself available for those passes. And it is because Foley is so quick, strong, powerful, probably breathing down their neck. They're kind of thinking, if I make this run, he's probably faster than me. He might beat me out to it. And you're then looking for different balls, you know? Is Morley not there as well? Morley was there, but he was in front of Shane Walsh, really, because... I I felt Morley Morley got caught. What were you making about Morley yesterday? If I'm if Morley starting centre back and Matty Tierney centre forward, Matty Tierney's an excellent player. Like if Morley's dropping off to sit in front of Walsh and Comer, Galway have got to be looking and going, get Tierney the ball. Yeah. John Daly, if you get it, Malloy, if you get it, Paul Connor, if you get it, kick pass, get him. He should be the highest possessions. We would have always, always, always focused. Who are they dropping off on? Who are they disrespecting really? Go yeah. on. It's an insult to be left yeah. free. Well, leave him free. Well, get him the ball. Yeah. Every single, give him 20 possessions in the first half and make someone come and mark him. And I'm looking at Tierney and he, he's working hard. I get all that. It's the all or the final. You've got to work hard. But talk about impacting the game. If, if your man is leaving you off to sit and try and mark someone else, Jesus Christ, you want to have... Angry. Yeah, you want to be screaming to get the ball. And he his possession count was way too low as well. Yeah. Michael Meehan spoke about it at the roadshow we had. A schools game that passed him by. And whatever he did, he never let another game, big game, pass him by. Or he definitely tried not to let it happen where he felt like yeah. he could have done more. Matty Tierney is involved in one other very important moment I felt in that game. Johnny Heaney gets half a goal chance. O'Brien makes one of two incredible blocks in that half. An unbelievable block. McDade gives it to Tierney. I think I sent it to you this clip. GA Sense coaching put it up on Twitter. That's might be, it's defining moment of the game. I might be in, oh, I'm not being harsh in saying this. Should he, should Tierney have spotted the overlap or should yeah. Paul Conroy have told him where to go? Yeah. No, I we, think the pass before Conroy's one was on for the over the top hand pass. Yeah, we, but we, is, we should Conroy not be telling him where to go? Yeah. Yeah. He should say, but we, the minute it breaks at the time, we said it in the semi final for Costello's goal, the minute David Moore and hand passes the ball away to Dublin and they break a pace and you have a run on the defence, you have to be thinking, go. At this stage of the championship, you do not get that many opportunities. If you, The two biggest opportunities you're going to get is if you steal a kick out and the defence isn't set or if you get a sloppy turnover. If someone has a crossfield pass or, or hand passes and you intercept it, you have got to be thinking, you four or five guys bearing down on the defensive system, plus the forwards that are already there. You've got to work the goal. And, and it's, they've two opportunities in that play that's the hand pass the ball to their left, and you've nearly a four on one going in yeah, on goal. Starting goal. Yeah. And they don't do it. And, and you know what it is? It's the time in the game as well where goal we're starting to fade. They're starting that the first kind of 45, 50 minutes, everything they kick is, is screaming over the bar. They're struggling for scores a bit more now. And the, you kind of get the sense, they say, just take a point here. Just tap it over and let's get back in the game. Gets the Killian McDade. It's the, I think it's the only shot he misses. Pulls it wide. But the me and James, we've seen it. The second it breaks at midfield, Jimmy was like, 
fuck. <laughs> and we're like, we were actually live. We were actually live. Yeah, doing an we, were, we were trying to do an update on the bloody radio <laughs> live. And I was like, just let us, there's something happen. Listen back. Back to you in a minute. Like, just, there's, but, this is it. Like, Commun- like communication you guys spoke about it before you're not going to hear anything in that stadium you're running Ken straight at the goal you're running yeah. at the yeah. goal it's not like you can see the goal with your back to you you've got yeah. to look you've got to see there's three or four years going but it's your mentality you've got to be scanning there this is a goal chance this is a goal Tommy yeah. you've sat with me watching games you know when it happens it's like goal you can this smell is, it you can smell it from 80 yards out the pitch and goal we don't and Along with Heaney's, Heaney doesn't do a whole lot wrong. It's a brilliant block by, by Stephen O'Brien. But that one, you look back on that for Galway, you know, that was a play where Kerry were not set. They were yeah. wide open and Galway had legs sprinting down the centre channel. Two opportunities to pass it inside and they don't. Yeah, it was GA. Um, GA. Yeah, new camera. Game Sense coaching. Fancy camera they have. Yeah, it was great. It was Barry. Barry, you broke it to McDade. McDade slips it to Tierney. And if you pause it, you can just see, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That was just one of those moments and fine it was, lines. It was as we excellent scrambling defense by Kerry because it should have been a goal. They didn't even get a point out of it. Like, <laughs> it was I, such a, a, an awful situation. Yeah. But I mean, they, they, they forced him into a shot. Even if they recycled it one more time, maybe, and got a, got a better shot, it was just rushed. Yeah. But Galway's yeah. conversion rate was unbelievable the weekend. They didn't actually miss many chances at all. Let's eight, talk about nine, let, like Paddy Clifford comes into this game. I think after Jack Savage comes in as the temp sub, Paddy really comes into it. it. Things don't click for him in the first half. Sean O'Shea does have a couple of big plays in the last 10 minutes. Paul Ganey, as Paddy said, he had those three shots, he gets the mark, he, he doesn't score the two. James, how did you feel looking at that forward unit yesterday? Let's just maybe start with Stephen O'Brien. Very, very impressive in that game. He played with a bit of fire, I thought. Do you want to just bring us through your carry forwards? Steve, was outstanding, I thought. In the first half, do you remember we said in the pod a couple of weeks ago, I was like, when the ball falls to you and you snap it over, take your chance. It gives you a completely different experience than if you put that ball wide. And for Ganey, two balls landed into his hand. Now, they weren't gimmies, but for him and his stature and his kicking ability, he'd probably be disappointed that he missed them. But if he'd scored those two chances, he'd have been on three points at halftime. He's on, he'd have yeah. definitely got another chance or two in the second half. He could have been, he could have had four or five points from play. And he was on Malloy. Malloy isn't an out-and-out cornerback. He was a wingback, but he, he went on Ganey. So I was disappointed for Paul, but he still played his part. He got, he was, he was involved and he got it, he got his point. But I felt like that that game could have been there for me if he just took those chances. But it's just it's just the way it crumbles in the final for you. Such margins, isn't it? Like if he yeah. kicks them, he has three points from play in the first yeah. half, and you're thinking like, Gilly's on it. He's electric. Yeah. He's he probably avoid. he's probably still hooked for Killian Spillane, but it's probably on 40, 45 and everyone's saying you kick three points from play in, in that first half, I think you're on it. I think you nearly yeah. have the mentality of Shane Walter taking things on there, you've got yeah. confidence is up. Okay. And you relax, you relax into the game and more yeah. chances come for you. Okay. That, that was the route he would have been on. But with Stephen O'Brien, I thought he was unbelievable defensively. He got two unbelievable blocks. He gets a shoe up the hole from Conroy as well. So uh, sore, wasn't block. it? <laughs> oh, they were both sore after it, I think. Right he gets a great, yeah, he gets a great <laughs> point from play off the right. And then he also has another great chance. He does a beautiful dummy, gets back on the left and that just slips wide for him. So he could have been in for you know a great second half. That slipped over for him. But uh, Paddy, Paddy got on a load of ball, came into it in the second half when they needed him. 
Shawnee, Paddy actually touched on my opinion about Shawnee. The Kerry lads turned down the pass to Shawnee so often. He Why? had separation for, from his man, but they didn't give it to him. There was a spell in the second half, I think. They just turned down that pass to go maybe a safer route, but I'd always risk that pass to a Clifford or a Shawnee. Just get, the, get those fellas on it. Always get Shawnee Shea on the ball whenever he wants it, because he'll create something. We, we have a question in. Uh, I'm going to get the name of who sent it in here. Has James O'Donoghue's opinion of the fisted point changed? <laughs> Saying that. Well, no. Gavin White, Gavin White's one um, was a brilliantly worked score. It was, yeah, it was Paul Murphy's hand pass over the top mm-hmm. to Shawnee and Shawnee slips in in Gavin. I mean, ideally, you would love to see him kick that over the barrel. If you, if there was a rule change. he can go for goal, no? He could have also gone for goal, but I'm just saying if you were being, if you're saying get rid of the rule, he had to take the point. You're never going to go for goal in that situation. Or three points up. I know. And Killian's well, plan, the angle was a bit too tight, wasn't it? That was brilliant, yeah. Oh, for, for Killian's two points, Yeah, he stands up the defender. So he gets the ball and he does a turn on a sixpence where he, he stops dead with a wide stance and just looks at the defender in the he, eye. He skins Malloy, yeah. And at that stage, he can either go around his man because he's, he's looking directly at him or the defender has to step off. And for his point, it was at Malloy Adam for his point as well after left under the Cusack. I'm not sure, but he did very well to take that point because he had taken a, a, a low percentage shot first off, you know. Yeah, he did. But he spun and he looked him in the eye and Malloy just goes, right, don't take me on and takes a step back. And Killian just has the space then to swing it over with the left. And the what second is- time when he faces up Malloy, Malloy doesn't take a step back and he goes around him and fists it over. So both class forward play. But, but, but isn't that the impact he gives? That, that is literally, if you're looking for an impact sub, someone who's going to come off the bench, they, you just need someone who's direct. Dynams. And we had it with Kevin McMenamin. Spillane has that. He, he misses that first shot. And you're thinking, this could, this could go haywire. But it, he doesn't bat an eyelid. Next play, over under the Cusick stand, kicks a brilliant score. But he's just so direct. He just, he's a hungry... Fucker, <laughs> he wants to score, but that's what you want from someone coming off the bench. Yeah, he, like he's gonna be ravenous to get on the ball. He's gonna take his man on. He's gonna be an absolute nightmare to mark. And it put like we Malloy, who had a brilliant game for Galway. He's just absolutely knackered yeah. at the end, and, and Spillane just burns him along the outside and pops it over. Kerry that's, had that. that yeah. That's just the the energy. That's what if I'm a coach, that's what you want coming off the bench down the stretch. You're looking to your bench go, give me a couple of forwards who are just going to square up their man and have the legs and go at them. Yeah. It, it was it was Barack O'Cassida from Leakslip who sent in that question. Um, let's just stick on the bench then, Paddy, because you mentioned that the next step for Port Joyce and this go-away team, building on this All-Ireland runners-up campaign, the winter that's ahead would be for them to work on an attacking game plan. Can I put it to you as well that their squad depth just isn't there. Like Tyrone certainly had it last year. Kerry and Dublin have always had it. Mayo probably maybe suffered in that regard when they come up against you guys in 16 and 17. Yesterday, the Kerry bench had um, Killian Splan coming on at halftime. Adrian Splan, Killian kicked two points. Jack comes in for Potty Clifford for five minutes. Michal Burns comes on for Stephen O'Brien. Paul Murphy comes in for Brian O'Biogli. And Joe O'Connor comes on in the last couple of minutes and, and gets a player or two as well for Stephen O'Brien. On the Galway side, it's Finney and Lee in for Rob Finnerty on 47 minutes. It's Carl Sweeney in for Paul Conroy 
on 58 minutes. I it's can't only, believe those two substitutions. Yeah. It's it's only, like those, those two fellas would have been so important coming down the stretch. I know. We I thought they would have left Conroy in the full forward line. Me and Jimmy looked at it when he took off um, Rob Finnegan. I thought he was having a really good game. I thought he was he was yeah. key to Galway getting up the pitch. He was, really, he was unselfish, yeah. Really good in the league. Really, so watching his, his movement was excellent. He was causing Graham O'Sullivan hassle without the, the end product of a score on it. And, and look, if you're being honest, Galway didn't get the kick off the pitch. No. That, that's that, that's the reality of it. That's the, yeah. the convenience. You look at, we had this question mark over Dublin last year where they just they weren't getting that impact off the bench. You just feel in the biggest games, to, to, to win the All-Ireland, you have to have kick. The, the, the games are so tight at this stage of the championship. It's so, so tight. And for Parag Joyce, that's what he's got to look at now. Yeah. Like this, I said this right from the start. It's very, very difficult for a team to come and win the All-Ireland out of nowhere. It's, it's, usually, it's usually a journey. It's usually, it's always a journey, but it's usually a little bit of heartbreak along the way. You learn some lessons along the way. This Kerry team have been through that. They have been through some very harsh lessons over the last two or three years. Dublin, before their runs, had some very, very harsh lessons, some bad, bad defeats. And you're looking at, at Galway there now. Like The lessons they'll... Yes, they're not going to think of that today. They're, no. they're enjoying as many points as they can possibly get into them over the next week because they've had a brilliant season to get to here. It won't feel like that now. But where they've got to in the last seven months, that is massive progress. But it's the first phase of this team's development. The next phase, like I say, is can we be a bit sharper up front where we can get, we know we've got brilliant individual players, but how do we start getting them that teams just can't shut them down? That that, that our, our whole game plan, we'll just get these guys on the ball all the time. Then it's a case of, okay, there's 15 or 16 or 17 players. We really need 20. We need 20, 21 players who were inevitable. We're going to have maybe two or three injuries. You might have a suspension, but I need 20, 21 players that if I had to pick an All-Ireland final team, I'm happy with every one of these guys. They yeah. probably don't have that at the minute. And they we spoke about it a few weeks ago. Do. James, we spoke about it a few weeks ago, though, the turnover from 2018, like yeah. only five players from the 26 that faced Dublin that they were there. And we, the, the team earlier in the year was the huge turnover that we were seeing in Galway. And all for different reasons. Like we were speaking to Ian Burke and he's living in Dublin. He's won an all-star, um, you know, it, it, traveling back and forth down the country for inter-county football. It catches up on you after a couple of years. So yeah. different lads of different reasons. Peter Cook is somebody who's been traveling and been in a way. When he's played inter-county football, he's looked very impressive. Thomas Flynn was involved for, for years ago in under-21 footballer of the year. He's only 29, 30. There's a lot of footballers there that aren't there. Michael Daly, brother of John, uh, isn't there. You know, like the, the two other subs that go, we bring on our own Finnerty, who we haven't seen this year. He's another Mount Bellew, my, my lock footballer. Very, very, very talented club footballer, but we haven't seen him play inter county football. And Niall Daly, a young midfielder who comes on a little later on and was impressive in the league. It just, they just didn't have that kick off the bench. They just yeah. didn't have it. James, even the wind. Sorry, go on. Do you want to go in? Go on. No, even if they had two of those lads, like those lads are household names nearly. They had two of them, even just to give a bit of confidence for someone coming on the bench. Come on, give us a lift, give us anything at all. Do you know, in fairness, the lads did, did try hard, and the game was probably swinging against Galway at that time. Definitely. It's hard to come on where it's just going against you and try and swing it back in your favor. I've been there, it's difficult, but just that reaction after the crowd when the crowd know that someone's coming on who's going to have a massive effect, I think, is, is massive. Yeah. But one thing that I noticed about Galway, and we said that. I just said that they 
probably had the tide going against them for a spell in the second half and they didn't have the substitution to to kind of stem the tide. But in other other matches, they, they had unbelievable game management. They had a couple of injuries. They slowed down their freeze. They made substitutions at the right time. They had a scuffle. Do you know, usually it was kind of injuries they had and just clever play. But they didn't seem to do that at all when Kerry had the had their gander up the last day and Kerry just kicked on and kicked on and Galway didn't seem to be able to just stop that that kind of train against them. And I was surprised, I think, that if, if Galway are analysing the game, their game management was so on point against, against Mayo that yeah. day, like they were unreal. Same against our man Derry, but just against Kerry, they let it, they let the Kerry train just just stample or stample them at the end. I accused Conroy of doing it at one stage, and then it was pointed out to me that he had uh, lost his contact lens. So I was completely wrong with that. He was, he was getting it replaced. Um, but yeah, no, I think that I think that's definitely a fair point. Uh, but when you mentioned the Kerry train there, it felt weird experiencing it live in the game because I know Galway kind of dropped off for a couple of minutes just after the third quarter or towards that transition from the third to the fourth. But it didn't really feel like Kerry had done anything different. They just stayed at it. They just stuck with what they were doing. And eventually they just edged in front. Um, and then obviously from the 66 minutes, they uh, they had their four points in a row. Can we just hang on this for a second? Because stop for petrol and supplies and money gall on the way home. <laughs> and I was reaching in to get an ice cream, a clip up out of uh, out of the, the ice cream. Oh, oh, it wasn't for me, it was, it was for Schaefer. And I heard two Kerry fans having a conversation. Well, Jesus, isn't it great that the famine is over? And I couldn't help myself. I went, lads, eight years. What are you on about? Eight years. Like, that's not a famine. Like, go here 20 odd years, may or however many. But for, for Kerry, it was the third longest drought in your history. So there's no tears here, no boo-hoo. Yeah. But James, I'll be honest with you. There's a few things you said in the last couple of weeks that I wasn't fully buying. Didn't <laughs> think you were being disingenuous, apart from one occasion, when you tried to tell us that there was more pressure on Shane Walsh than there was not Sean O'Shea and David Clifford. I'm just not buying it. I actually think the pressure on David Clifford was absolutely enormous. Can you talk to us about it now? Is, is that true? Was it not enormous? What my point was and it's actually proven right of what happened <laughs> Shawnee was quiet on the scoreboard didn't affect Kerry too much they still kicked 20 right Shane Walsh if he doesn't have the day he had how many did Galway finish with that's just what I'm talking about the pressure in terms of delivery but hold on you have David scored. Clifford you have David Clifford who just doesn't it doesn't phase him True. That he's like he's like a surfboard. The pressure just washes off him. Like the, he doesn't take any of that in. Trust me. So does Shawnee. What I'm saying is, if the two boys are on the off day, you'd still expect Killian Spillane, Paul Ganey, Paddy Clifford to come up trumps. But I don't think that Galway have that firepower. If the two main boys aren't firing, they won't have enough firepower. But but that's James. That's the next phase of what Galway have to do. Like you look, at, Rob yeah. Finnerty is a massive find. This is like a breakout year for him. The confidence he'll take from that. He'd be nominated for an all-star, probably won't, won't get one, but he'll be playing in Division 1 next year. He'll have a, I would expect him to have a serious bit between his teeth next season. I expect Galway, all of them, to be going, we've had a taste of this now. Look at the energy around the county. Look at the, the build-up they would have had over the last two weeks going into it. The feel-good factor. Joyce, Keane O'Neill. There's an energy about Galway football again, and that's going to bring on these players. Maddie Tierney's a young guy. He's mm-hmm. you're telling me he's not going to learn from that experience yesterday and he's going oh, shit there was an honor in the final and I didn't really have my best game in it 
Coma, he all these big games now as well, isn't it? He? he played the yeah. Sigerson final. He played Sigerson in, won the Sigerson earlier this year. Experience under twenty all Ireland, all that stuff. Finnerty. That's that's what I'm saying. That's the next phase of what all we have to do. Yeah, that's that's the challenge. That's what what it has to be for them to kick on to the next stage. That's why they did the individual one next year. Take it from there. Target a really strong league campaign. They're the top dogs in Connacht at the minute. But you're telling me, Mayo, whoever comes in and coaches Mayo. There's going to be a bounce in Mayo, whoever gets that gig. God, we have to stay ahead of them. God, we have to be looking at this going. Well, Mayo had the best part of a decade where the, where the main team in Connacht went four, I think it was five in a row. They get the four or five all the finals. We want that. Why can't we do that now? That's their, their mentality has to be like that. that. We've had a taste of it now. We want, we're getting back. The bar has been set. They're all Ireland runners up. That's like below that next season is failure for Galway. That's what they've got to be thinking. And that's that's the positive spin you could put on this, what Porrick Joyce and, and, and those senior players are going to have to look at that and go, we weren't that far away, lads. We were, started this year, no one had us near this. And we've steamrolled Division 2. We're back in the top dogs in Division 1. We're the Connacht champions. And we push Kerry all the way. And, I, and I'll tell you, lads, and it was... Even, even with Kerry, there is no outstanding team in this country at the minute. I don't see Kerry winning four or five all earns in a row. I don't. That's genuine. I'm not taking the mick at all. I don't see a team out there that they're so far ahead of everyone else, they're going to dominate for the next four or five years. I think Mayo, Galway are going to come back stronger. Kerry are obviously going to be favourites next year because they have been the most consistent team. Dublin are going to get their act together on this as well. And then you're looking at Donegal are going to have a new coach. Tyrone are going to come back all guns blazing after an absolute catastrophic season. And then can Armagh kick on Donegal, Monaghan with new coaches. This is a wide, wide open championship. That's that's the beauty of it for a team like Galway. They're right in the middle of that pack now. And if you go and deliver on it, you will not be far away from an all Ireland. It's not inconceivable that Galway could win all in there. James, my next question, building off what Paddy saying there, was 2013, semi-final heartbreak. 14, you do the job. 15, All-Ireland final runners-up. 16, semi-final heartbreak. 17, semi-final heartbreak after a replay. 18, Galway screwed you over. We won't mention that. 19, you lose the All-Ireland final to the dubs in a replay. 20, Caught by Cork in the COVID year. 21, lose after extra time to Tyrone in an All-Ireland semi-final. You experienced the highs in 14 and a lot of lows as well. So you would have witnessed the journey that a lot of these boys went on, the likes of Stephen O'Brien, Ganey. Paul Murphy's first year was was 14, I think, as well as Stephen O'Brien's. Um, the likes of Begley came in in 16 and those minors then came through with pressure on their shoulders. Can you, first of all, talk to us about the emotion of seeing O'Brien and Ganey and Moran eventually getting another one added to the list. And then what you learned from what happened after 14 for this Kerry side. Like what, what do they have to do next to to follow this up with another All-Ireland? Well, it's very difficult. After you win All-Ireland, you have to you have to kind of go with it a small bit. Like you can't be completely Try not to get ahead of yourself. Obviously, you have to kind of embrace everything that comes with it. The enjoy it, man. Yeah, Come you on. Have, you do. You have to enjoy it. But you like if. But if we're saying right, they're going to enjoy it over the next 
six or eight weeks. But if they're yeah. going then, they're going to say, right, we're going to retain it. Sometimes you can get caught between, right, let's not get too cocky. But at the same time, we want to take every ounce of confidence off what we just won. Do you know, I think when we won at 14, I don't think we kind of, we didn't kick on in terms of, in terms of our confidence, in terms of like how we were going to improve as a team. We just kind of went and we actually got, we got Gooch back. We got Tommy Walsh back and we got Paul Galvin back. And that was kind of our, we thought we were unbelievably set then, you know, we had our, our full deck to play with, but we didn't really kick on. We didn't kind of nail down exactly what we were going to do differently. And like just an extra bit of confidence in terms of beating the dubs and coming down the stretch and beating Galway, it, it can transform your whole mentality for a couple of years. So they have to play on that, um, which, is going to be, which is going to be a challenge because we saw what Darren McCurry said about the Tyrone lads. He wanted to go into that dressing room and he wanted to win back-to-back because you're a great team, he said, if you win back-to-back all Ireland. And a couple of fellas dropped off the panel. They weren't game for it. They didn't want to do it. And then they missed their chance. And now we don't know where they are. So I think it's so important for Kerry to get their mentality right early next, early this winter. Get everyone back. We don't want to see a load of retirements, a load of fellas dropping away. Get your main team back in and go for back-to-back because that will, that will lay you into, into the history books as a great team. There's no Walsh or Mark O'Shea or Paul Gavin to come back unless you're going to ditch us on the pod. <laughs> The price but, is right. So what what's what's the what's the next step? Is it this team coming more out of the shells? Is it is it more players stepping up the way that Clifford did and, and others did on the All Ireland final? I think that Jack needs to find four or five in the league next year. He came into I feel like he came into the team this year and he almost knew the 15 he wanted. We said he made changes to that, but he knew all those carry fellas inside out. But he's probably going to lose more and we're, we're, we don't know what's going to happen with some of the older fellas. Are there going to be changes in the team, whatever? Do you think Dave Moran's gone? I would say there's a good chance. I'm not, I hope, I hope he stays on because he's such a leader in that dressing room, such a voice and such a powerful figure. But the age he's at, the injuries he's had, I wonder, does he have the appetite to keep going? I don't know. I haven't spoken to him. I hope you know, he stays you know on. what I'd say, James, just in very simple terms, for Kerry to kick on, they need three new players in that starting 15. Yeah, not not that there's the guys haven't done unbelievably well, but there needs to be a spark. There needs to be some guys need to feel under pressure in that team. We know, look, there's a spine of the team there. We know they're not going to change the Cliffords of Shea and these guys, but Kerry to have an edge in training, to have an edge in their games, and an edge going to the championship. I would say two, three new players in the starting fifteen. Never mind the squad that there's guys, everyone there realises, shit, yes, we're the All-Ireland champions and we were the best team last year, but I need to perform all the time, all the time. And if you come in there and they're first round of the Munster Championship next year and it's the same 15 players that lined out yesterday, that is alarm bells for me, I would say. I, I don't think there'd be that many changes. Like, I think there should it, be, though. It, it, he constantly did it, yeah. though, Paddy, didn't he? But they that's had, we had guys who are players, yeah. mad to play, mad to play. I'm looking there going, Killian Splan must be like, Jack, yeah, great being an impact sub. So I want to play. I want to be the main man, main Clifford inside. That's what I want. He, want, he nearly going, Gainey, I'm taking his spot. That's what, not a disrespectful thing, but a little bit disrespectful. And Gainey needs to be thinking, shit, 
I need to come back. I need to light it up. That that has to be the atmosphere of the team. That's sustained success. It's not one-off. Look at what happens with Tyrone. All the boys who are meant to push on, they all say, fuck this, we won. I'm going to go off and have the crack. That's winning one All-Ireland is brilliant. I get that. It's an incredible achievement. But if you're talking about sustained success, because that's what Kerry are talking about. Kerry, it is a famine, Kerry not winning the All-Ireland in eight years. That's the mentality in Dublin now. Two years without winning All-Ireland, it's like, what is going on here? This is too long. Can't happen like that. That has to be the mentality. And I'm going, Tony Brosnan, Adrian Spillane, Jack Savage. I have to play. Jack, what do I need to do to take Gavin White's place or Brian Beglock's place? I have to play. And if that's not the mentality and Jack O'Connor's not sitting there pulling his hair out next February in the National League going, I have to play these guys. These guys won the All-Ireland last year, but these guys are tearing it up in training. I have to make three or four changes. If that's not the case, if that's not happening, you will not have sustained success. Mm. You won't. And that I, I, I would expect, I'm not from Kerry, but looking in, it's a similar mentality to Dublin. It has to be, one is not enough, more. How do we get the next one? The next one, the next one. And, and if it's the same team going out there and the same players and the subs are kind of going like, mm, well, I'm not really going to play ahead of that guy you've got a problem coming down the tracks. Yeah, I can't. Like The fellas you named out that were on the bench the last day, they're going to get, they're going to play all those National League games next year. They're going to be given the chance because they have to be. Because Gary need to find yeah. a couple of players. Now, Dan Dunne, who was starting a cornerback in the yeah. National League and unfortunately got injured. Graham comes in. Graham comes in, has a great year. It's exactly what you want. Yeah. Darren Minehan could have been starting and at the weekend, hurt his ankle. So he's going to be a player that's going to be knocking And he was there. brilliant in the league, wasn't he? He was. He was excellent. Tony Broston, again, surprised he didn't get a game in the last two games. He's been lighting it up all year, but just probably fell out of favour at the wrong time. But he's another fellow who's going to go away this winter and think there's a, there's a spot there for me. I know Tony, he's, he's mentally very strong. He's going to be cocky enough to be able to say, I can go into that team and do well. So Paddy's right. I think that those fellas need to, need to give the National League a rattle, but it's- they, can't, they can't rest in their laurels. It's also not, I know it's slightly different. It's a very, very, very long winter in terms of the inter-county season. Like the club season has taken over now. Championships are kicking off all around the country. Or if they haven't done in the last two weeks, they're kicking off now. I suppose it's going to be a bit different in terms of the celebrations and how long you can... There won't be many boys pulling this off till Christmas. Clifford, the Cliffords have, have championship on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> they have club championship with Fossa on Sunday against Listol. Very harsh the way the, the fixtures are, but I think that the fellas can have their couple of days, get back into club championship. You probably need the distraction of, of the next game anyway to, mm. to take you away from it and just yeah. refocus. You don't want right. to turn into full Mick Jagger, like, but you want to enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. To be fair, they'll get, like, their, they'll get their holiday. You've got to enjoy this. Hopefully yes. they do the holiday a bit earlier. Yeah, but there's still five months left. I don't know if there's five months in it. I would say all of our All-Irelands, we enjoyed them. Like, gave it absolute socks. And training was heavy on when you came back. And if you were in that situation where you were a bit of a sub, it didn't go well for you, you had to rein it in a little bit in advance of what the boys were doing. But it, it like this is this is what it's for. Like, like winning the Sam Maguire, winning the All-Ireland, you got to go out there and enjoy it, man. Jesus. Yes, come on. Jimmy, I, I hope, you I hope they, you get down I hope, to 
<laughs> yeah, I'm ladies there. Give it the big one, like. I hope they go on a holiday early. The, do you know what the thing with the holidays is? The whole world revolves around fucking teachers' holidays. I swear to God, <laughs> it's so annoying. Like the world does not revolve around teachers. But I hope they don't go in the Christmas break. If they could go a bit earlier, oh, no, get back like- in time. Yeah, go in November, get back in time. We saw what happened to Tyrone this year. They just left it too late. Shorter season. You're knocking two months off the season, yeah? yeah. There you go. Go early, get back early, and get back on that horse. James O'Donoghue, travel agent. Well, there you go. We, uh, we'll be talking more about the All-Ireland lads over the next couple of weeks on the football pod. We're going to be next week picking our team of the season in the Talchon Cup and in the All-Ireland Championship. So we'll be putting okay. a bit of work in during the week. All three of us, the way we're going to do it is all three of us are going to pick our teams anonymously. I'm going to get some of the work with us. We're going to put it together, collate it. There'll be a couple of decisions to be made. I'm sure we'll have a bit of agreement in some positions and then we'll figure well, out how we're going to do it. It was a joke that the Sunday game only gave Kerry seven. We'll be going at least nine. You want ten. You want double figures <laughs> for Kerry. Like. Well, hold on. So we'll do Talton Cup and we'll do... The All-Ireland Senior Cup. Yeah. Are we doing top three for player of the year? I think, well, will there be a couple of questions? There'll be player of the year, there'll be moment of the year, a few other bits and pieces. That's going to be next top week's pod. Top three for player of the year, though, because it's... That's fair. Totally. We'll save that for next week, though, Paddy. Yeah. We'll do a bit of thinking about it. We've breaking news here on the football pod. It happens quite a bit. Um, James McCartan has informed the Down GA County Board of his decision to step down as manager. So that's another one to add to the list. Down had a very difficult year. We had that training breach earlier in the year um, when, I, I don't know exactly what happened, but it was ironed out after a weekend in Dublin and, and McCartan left the WhatsApp group and he came back. Very difficult year for a, a down legend, but he he stayed over them and um, he stepped away now. So the Down County Board have thanked James and his management team of Aidan O'Rourke and Ron McMahon, McMahon and the entire backroom team. And that's that. So we have Down searching for a new management ticket. We have Longford searching for a new management ticket after Billy O'Loughlin stepped away during the week. I was surprised by that. Shane Roach has stepped down after steadying the ship in Wexford for the last couple of years. In Offaly, we still haven't got a new manager. In Mayo, we still haven't got our new manager. That's rumbling on now. Club championships are kicking off in Mayo. Donegal, Bonner is gone. Waiting for a new management ticket there. Back at the Indo today. Rumours that Jason Sherlock has been linked to the Monaghan job as Shefflin enters the fray for Kilkenny. So Brian Cody has obviously stepped down from Kilkenny. So I'm not going to get you on Brian Cody and Kilkenny here, Paddy, but did you bump into J.O. in Crow Park yesterday? Did you have any inside information? No, I was running around myself, running around Crow Park. It was the great team, the 95 team there, though. Very special place in Dublin GA, those boys. You're not a man to be drawn on rumours. No, I'm not. <laughs> was it like, there was something going around that, that J.O. was going to be the next Dublin manager the day before that. Oh, well, no, I, I, I triggered Paddy during the week by sending him a WhatsApp rumour. You really don't like getting WhatsApp rumours, do you? WhatsApp, like the most absolute nonsense medium of reporting there is, like forward yeah. around to about a hundred different WhatsApp groups. No, I, I wouldn't really buy into too much stuff I see on that. Yeah, yeah, uh, no. There, there's been a lot. The reality of it is, the season is now finished. The intercounty season is now finished. Like you say, it's probably the most vacancies we've had at one stage ever. Last year it was a lot too. Yeah, but it, like you're looking at some of the biggest counties have them this year as well. The likes of like a Mayo, Donegal, genuine counties would feel they're all Ireland contenders without coaches. So I think you're just going to see this over the next two or three weeks. News is going to slow down as the club championships only start off and kick into gear. 
I think to, counties county boards will try and make appointments rather quickly because I, I think teams are going to be looking to get back. The minute club championship finishes, teams are going to be looking to get back, probably training in November. So if you're brought in as a coach, you need to get your whole management team with you. They're probably tied up in different clubs or different engagements, whatever it is. So it takes time to pull a team together, get a training plan in, and you want to hit the ground running. Look at all these counties. If generally, if you don't have a coach, the previous season hasn't gone too well. So you're looking to hit the ground running in January. And yeah. I think over the next month, we'll see a lot of these vacancies filled up. But for now, I mean... It's silly season. It is silly season. It's absolute nonsense. Oh, well, ridiculous. amount of people said to me in Crow Park yesterday about different teams, different counties, different coaches. It's... Yeah, well... I don't know, and I don't really pay much attention to it at this stage, I have to say. I'm surprised Owen O'Donnell didn't turn up one of those uh, WhatsApp messages. <laughs> this is like... James O'Donnell, who's the exact type of person who was starting these WhatsApp rooms. It could be. And it was interesting to come out the weekend of the All-Ireland Final. I think we got Clucko was going to be the new Dublin coach as well. So, look, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't be reading too much into that stuff at all. Yeah. I, I found it difficult. Going off the ball, Tommy tried to retire uh, Jack O'Connor to me as well in the interview after the game. I heard that. <laughs> Will Jack pack it in now? <laughs> There's no chance. Bollocks that would be going around at this stage of the season. There's no chance Jack O'Connor is uh, is packing it in after that. But um, I suppose the question, yeah, the good. The question can be asked, I suppose. We say it about players all the time. Will they will they walk away? It's there's a lot of commitment involved in intercounty football at, at every level. Um on the Dublin rumors, like they are just rumors, Paddy. It was printed in the Irish Examiner last Friday. John Fogarty had it that Desi Farrell's future at the Dublin Helm to be decided in the coming days. Manager would not be drawn in his future after semi-final exit to Kerry, but sources in the capital suggest he may not seek an extension. So we will see over the next couple of days what happens in Dublin. We do have massive Massive, massive news because Mead have sealed the deal. The, the Royals have bit the bullet, and Colm O'Rourke. It's Monday. What has today been proposed by Mead Selection Committee? Um, Connor O'Donoghue, Liam Keane, who's the head of the Rules Advisor in Crow Park, and a Mead man, oh, and Sean oh, Kelly. Oh, I know Connor O'Donoghue well, actually, great coach in the county. So the three of them were tasked to come up with the new management ticket, and they have proposed after a number of interviews, a lot of them anonymous, they have proposed Colm O'Rourke as the new Mead manager alongside his two selectors, Barry Callahan, who was a, an All-Ireland winner from the 90s and a very, very highly regarded coach at under 20s level with Mead over the last couple of years and Stephen Bray, Mead's last All-Star in 2007 Razor, as his two selectors. So I have been told... Can I just say on this, right, and just give you an exact example of what absolute bullshit does be out there. Colin O'Rourke was on the Sunday game a month ago himself. Saying he's not going near the beat job. He's applied 150 times and he hasn't got it and he's no interest in going for it. He himself saying this a month ago. So when I see rumours and I see WhatsApp and I see sources inside the county coming out with absolute bullshit, I don't believe anything. When these guys are appointed, I'm 1 million percent happy to comment on it and go through it. But... Rorky himself is saying it. I'm not going near that job. Literally on national television a month ago. And yeah. here we are. So. Andy McAfee said the same thing. He said he, he said he never managed another county. So things do change. So it's going to be a very interesting couple of weeks. But yeah, so Colm Rourke, the, the, the deal is done. It's, it's been a long time coming. Like when you look at that Dublin 1995 team that were out there the last day, I think three of them have managed Dublin and been involved in, in different ways. Gilroy, Patching and was Desi, Desi. 
I don't think Desi was there, but he was obviously part of the 95. Desi wasn't there in the day. And I think from the me team in 96, Graham Garrity and Darren Fay weren't there. But, you know, most of the other players are there. And obviously the Kerry lads are there as well. We, we missed that. When, when, when were they? That playing? happened. We were, we were chatting. It was terrible. It, again. Yeah, it was two o'clock. Again. Two o'clock, like empty stadium. Like three, I know, because we we're all kind of similar age, like legendary teams growing up, watching them like like Dubs, obviously for me, Tommy for you, yeah. me, Team 96, and Jimmy for you, the Kerry boys in 97, like that. You're kind of just falling in love with Gaelic football then. I was like seven, I think, six or seven years of age. Like, I would have liked to have seen that. Yeah. What, we were talking. We were on it. We were on with Ian Burke at the time, chatting football in the in the Davin suite. Yeah, I, I bumped into Paul Clark, who was a coach of mine in DCU, and we chat with him. I nearly actually shouldered, nearly shouldered Jason Sherlock at one stage. I had to dodge by him. Didn't get chatting though about any rumors, so I, I can't comment on what's going on with Monaghan. I just missed. Fair with Banty, was he? I know. I just missed Tommy Dowd, lads. I really I wanted to meet Tommy Dowd. I did. I seen him in the lift. I just missed after him. Match. I, I actually ran after him at one stage to try and find him, but I missed him. I just wanted to say hello. <laughs> but yeah, who would you want to chat to, Paddy, if if you could at the Dublin? I know you would have come across them all. But the, do you have a hero? Them, I know them all now. Yeah. It's do you have a hero on that team growing up? Yeah. Uh, did I, you know, I loved it. It's funny enough because he was actually a coach boy after. Mick Alvin was a big uh, favourite of mine. He kind of reminded me of myself as a player. He was really smart, intelligent, forward, probably not the most, wouldn't be the top scorer or anything like that. But I, I know Mick well, obviously. He's, he's local here as well, play golf for him and stuff. So just that that whole 95, that was a big win for Dublin. You're talking huge. about Kerry going eight years without winning. Like Dublin haven't won one in 12 years. like, And they, they would go even longer from winning one again obviously 16 years after that but that team they'd been so close they lost 92 final 93 semi 94 final so to win in 95 uh, they're a special team in Dublin GAA so it was cool to, that's what I'd love to see them on the pitch we've seen a few of them after around the stadium but uh, the main team in 96 as well yeah Tommy Dowd Gerrity Giles he, some legends from around legends. there yeah. Morris Fitz in 97 obviously there has to be something that's to be something more done, doesn't it, about that Jubilee thing? It could be, could be, you could need be to get them out there, there like half time in the senior game when everyone's there, when yeah. 82,000 people are there. I think we should you do only, something. You only have 10 minutes or something, don't you? Yeah. Get them out there. Yeah. Get them out. There's nothing else at half time. Those yeah. lads are like icons from those three yeah. teams. They should be out there at half time in the senior game. Don't be bringing yeah. them out 45 minutes before when everyone's still. They had to get some ovation as well. Yeah. Well, lads. Imagine the Kerry lads there with the 97 team yesterday. Yeah, and the stadium is there's 40,000 Kerry people in it. Like, that's yeah, we said, well, look at lads 20, uh, 2038 and 2039 isn't that far away. When are we on? When are we on? You'd be, be rolled out in 38. Together. No, no, it was only because of COVID they had all three out. I was wondering, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, just just before we finish on, on Colm O'Rourke, um, I'd like to pick your brains on this one. Like, uh, did you ex- obviously nobody really expected it? And actually, in the county, I thought it was a great sign that there was very little rumblings about what was going on coming out. Uh, I wasn't fishing for rumours, but I, I, I heard very, very little about what was going on. So I think it was handled very well inside in the county. Um, he's, gone for it. he's gone for it a couple of times, hasn't he? And not got it. That's what I was going to say. That's, Colin Coyle is the only mead legend who's got it post-boiling. Yeah. What I was thinking was he didn't... Make a doubt to. I didn't actually... He didn't go for it full on. I, I'm thinking they could have approached him and said, will you take us? That's what I'm thinking. I know he's going to put together, he has to put together a brilliant backroom team. He has to get that Keen O'Neill slash Petty Tally coach 
to go in there and actually take control of sessions because it is a different generation. Like with players now, you almost have to entertain them during training. Like <laughs> players have short attention spans now. It's a very it's well, like little puppies. Like. Gig. Yeah, it's a different <laughs> gig. So it would be interesting. Rocky wouldn't be great with little puppies. <laughs> Fair. He wouldn't do the box games. Like I think that he's going to have to put together a great management team and a great coach. And that will be that whoever he appoints in those positions will almost define how he gets on. Because obviously he has the aura, he has the experience, but he needs to make the right appointments yeah, to go yeah. with him. He's an absolute legend. I would would look at him coming in as I presume he's going in as like the figurehead. He's the coach. You oh yeah, look at, like the template. I liked what Kildare did this year and bringing he in won't co- he, he won't coach. No, I think no, I think no, he'll no, be. I, I'd be surprised. You know, I, I'd be surprised if, if Conor Moore was in there and he's in doing the drills. I, I can't imagine. I don't see that. I don't think that would be. I don't think that would be a good fit. But you look at what Kildare did with Glenn Ryan, and then you bring in the three three of our biggest legends with Rainbow, Johnny Doyle. Rainbow is a coach. Dermot Early, Johnny Doyle's doing a bit of coaching as well. So I'm thinking if they're bringing O'Rourke in, bring in a bloody Garrity or someone. I don't know the relationships there. Like, but. Is that the type of thing Mead are going for? That if you're a young player in Mead, you're looking going, whoa, there's some... Because Mead have absolute... Look at that. We're talking about the 96 team. Mead have absolute legends in the county. Can we put together a ticket where people are... One, your supporters... And we spoke about this when Andy McIntyre left. That supporters, that everyone, players, young players, is behind the Mead senior football team. Rookie is a figurehead, obviously. He's known nationwide through, through uh, media stuff and an incredible career as a player. But I agree with James. You need a coach in there. You need someone 100%. who is going to absolutely light it up right at the forefront of modern Gaelic football. You're looking at what Rory Gallagher did in Derry, these type of guys, what Keane O'Neill has done in Galway, Paddy Talley going down, the impact he has, Rochford going up to Donegal. You're looking for guys who are right at the absolute forefront of the game that are innovators. I don't, personally, I don't think that's maybe Colin Rook's greatest strength, but as a figurehead and a guy who's going to manage this entire project, yeah, I think it's, there's massive positives there, but I, we're going to have to wait and see how this pans out. It's a, it, we said it, this is a big, big job. In huge. It, and it's a massive ask from where they're at at the minute and where the county's at. And where we were three months ago, watching that shambles against Dublin in the Leinster semi-final. That's not acceptable for me. It's kind of like there's a straw to poke the camel's back. They need a massive turnaround and it's a huge job across the board. And if Conor Rock is the man that's going to be the figurehead of it, I'm interested to see how it goes. I got excited today because that's the way I see it. That he he's the figure he's going to be the figurehead. The word is this project is being backed, that the county recognizes there's, there's things happening in the background. There's been small movements at underage level, at structure level. There's there's regional championships being brought into Meads for the first time in a long, long time, similar to Kerry that hopefully might unearth a couple of more footballers. There's other things happening at underage level. And those things, you won't see the benefit of them for a couple of years. We played Division One football for the first time since 2006. They're, Rourke is, is obviously putting his is putting his money where his mouth is. is. Is that the right way of putting it? He's putting his neck on the line here for Mead. He's Mead through and through. I think he's what the county need. But as James said, and Paddy, you're saying, it's the backroom team. And we've seen it all year long. How much have we talked about Keane O'Neill and Paddy Talley and fellas like that and what they can bring to a setup? And like I would say that this country isn't that small. 
There could be coaches coming from all over involved in this ticket. We may That's have a mead man, mead man at the front, forefront of it, but I think there'll be expertise coming from outside the county. And I've been told that this management ticket is not finished yet and there'll be big announcements coming soon. I 100% agree with you on the... Because a lot of counties say, we're not going outside the county, we're going in-house. And then the management team is all, is all from fellas outside the county. But once the main man is from the county... You're you're fine. Yeah, you know what I mean? Older, yeah. you're happy days. <laughs> but when when Keen O'Neill came in with Fitzmaurice to us, it lit a fire in the group straight away. We knew we were on to a winner. The way they came in and just increased the professionalism. Keen set out his plan. Fitzmaurice set out his plan, and straight away, and it was early. It was like October. It was like right, th- things are different. We're going the right direction. We were excited. We left going right. Let kind of let's go kind of we had an extra buzz like that has to be the case in me you know if if fellas go in and get a, a bounce off Uruk straight away then that's almost half the battle he just has to have that initial mm. bounce to get them up and running but it's not the important thing Jamie we're saying all these vacancies now the season this will creep up I know there's club championship now but it's a shortened season teams are going to have to hit the ground running next January in the provincial competitions and then straight national league starting the last week of January and it's run off. It's quick. There is, there is no preseason during the season anymore. There used to be league finishing to get April to kind of do a bit of work. Teams are going to have to hit the ground running. They need to get their management teams in place. And as James is saying, set out to stall. There will be counties meeting in October this year. And it's like, this is what, this is our plan for next season. The all the final is next July. Get on the train now or piss off so we're going to see Mead have uh, jumped to going first they've gone in with Colin O'Rourke and his team I will expect over the next two or three weeks to see nearly all of these vacancies being filled up mm. it's going to have to be because counties need to get the ball rolling yeah exactly but it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks the way the championship is next year as well is, is the group isn't it yeah so it's your your groups four groups of four and it's your it's your eight provincial finalists and your next eight best in National League. So if you have a bad National League in Division 2, you're snookered. Can't even be, you might not even yeah. be. Some research, Jimmy, for the first time ever. I'll be honest, I have no idea what way to structure our next year. You're <laughs> going in. Who's who actually you're going in as a college, are you? You're going in with work here, are you? <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one who does a bit of work here. <laughs> have you, you haven't got any calls from the Sunday game yet, have you? Yeah, I'm on first Give weekend next week. Off, uh, you'll, give me a, you'll give me a heads up, will you, if you're going to ditch me like more than last year. A um, couple of last final questions from the, yeah. the football pod. Listeners, lads, thanks very much so far for this evening. We're nearly finished. Um, okay, we're, we're going to do our teams of the week next week, but should Tom Sullivan have been on the team of the year, Paddy? Yeah. We said 100%. finals count for double and treble. Could be under pressure now. Like He could be under pressure after Shane Walsh gig now. He's very good up to that, but he lost that battle big time yesterday. He's the only footballer in the country to play every minute of 16 games this year, league and championship. Like you're looking, like Christian McCaig is nailed on for one cornerback slot. Jason Foley is nailed on for full back slot. And then they're going McCluskey from Derry, Liam yeah. Silk. Tune in next week. We'll see. And there you go. It's so hard. It's so hard. But in fairness to Tom, I think he's had an unbelievable year. Like yeah. final, Jimmy. I know. But the Talk points to me about the final, Walsh, baby. The points that Walsh kicked 
are almost undefendable. Indefendable. Are like, they really? Is that not giving him a free pass? It's, no, I'm not giving him a free pass. But, but Walsh was incredible. It was one of the best performances I've ever seen. I was sitting there as a Kerry fan, clapping and laughing. I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like... We'll see, whole, next to, week. we'll see next week. I need to yes. have a look through because there's some yes. big candidates in that full back. Definitely. Definitely. That, that's is. coming in from Thomas Mackel. I think, James, you can make the case next week. You'll have to have a think about that. But as well, but as well, when you're picking a full back line, when you're picking a full back line, right? Tom was always given the hardest gig with little or no protection. Whereas I know the Kerry had Morley dropping in front of maybe the centre channels, but he was often given the, the roaming role like other teams are dropping 12 behind the ball so it's hard to give a cornerback all the credit in that situation you'll, you'll just pick whoever you want to pick right I'll pick my team yeah. I'll give you my first four for the team of the year Shane Ryan no 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 no, 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 no I don't want to hear it I've blocked you out there I don't want to hear it we're saving it for next week uh, goal. Um, who else we know <laughs> <laughs> Tom, Tom O'Connor sent it in a winky face I think this is towards James long ball in worked Three marks on him and Galway looks sceptical under the others. Um, question in here, is Tommy excited about the Colin O'Rourke appointment? Yes, that's coming in from Aaron. A lot of questions in about where James went on the beer last night, but James didn't go on the beer at all. Never seen him looking as fresh. Yeah. No, I couldn't. Um, lads, final question for me. Did you enjoy this year's championship? Um. I actually, yeah, I did. Look, there were some pretty dour games. It looked really similar to last season. The early stages of the championship were poor enough. Like, we, I remember... Provincials are just... The first time getting excited. First half of Donegal Armagh. Yeah. The final. Mayo Kildare, same weekend, wasn't it? That was decent. No, it wasn't the same weekend, but yeah, that, that was decent as well. Like, but... Like, you can't get away. We're going to be sitting here next year. The provincials are car crash stuff. They really are. Once you get to the All Ireland series, you're looking at Galway Armagh, spectacular first penalty shootout, double yeah. carry in the semi. I thought it was great. You got a really good final. The, the most interesting thing is that you weren't sure who was going to win the thing. It was class. That, I that, think that was it. Kerry were probably a nose ahead for most of it, but once the summer started developing, you're thinking Dubs are in the mix. Geez, Derry are doing something incredible up up, up north, and Galway, Galway getting over Mayo. This is what we wanted. This is a new team coming through. What can Galway do in the All-Ireland Series? So that alone, the, the kind of anticipation of we're going to see something different. It's got to be different semi-finals and finals here. That was exciting. The games, earlier games, just weren't really at the races. I'm sorry. The provincial championships said it so many times. They don't rock anyone's boat, I'm afraid. Bar yeah. Derry. Bar maybe people from Derry. This uh, Bar Ulster maybe, yeah. But, uh, I think I'd... it'll be a better championship next year in terms of more matches and more quality playing quality. I think, but I think in the big games this year, as Paddy said, the quarterfinal, Galway Armagh set the tempo for the rest of it and Kerry Dublin lit it up and in fairness to Galway, they brought something to the final that we didn't think good they'd bring. Really good yeah. I did unbelievable forward play. Yeah. And we yeah. had some outstanding like individual performances. Like Reno O'Neill's free, Shawnee's free, those, those, yeah. those moments. We'll talk about it next week. Whoa. We'll talk about it next week. Oh, and I know you are happy, James, as a Kerry man after this year's championship. Final word, thanks very much to the Own Rua Club for putting on the fancy Gaelic championship uh, league for us all year long. We've had a bit of crack with it all going along. Niall Hassan is our champion from Dungan and Thomas Clarks. Niall, congrats. Puke football. You just held off chancers from Shandona. That was Ollie Donnelly's team who were, I think, 70, 80 points behind you. Lads, I topped there. 
group. I was ahead of the two E, but just going to give a nod here to Jim. Jim from the States, who's always letting me know in my DMs who's winning in the fantasy. Jim in Boston. I think he's, he's maybe a, a little further up, maybe towards Cape Cod. He's a Mayo fan. Jim has beaten all three of us from the States. So we got to do better research next year. But Man, fair play to the club in Onru. It's a, it's a great, great game to have. Yeah. And uh, lads... Let Jimmy go and have a few points. With the there you go. Guys. Another championship in the books. Down there and give it the big one. He yeah, might I look, win this again for a few years. Like, I look forward to chatting to you next week. Exactly. Look forward to chatting to you next week on the Football Pod, boys. Thanks to everyone at home for listening in and for supporting the podcast all year long. It's been fantastic. We're still going. Don't worry. We're still going to be here for another couple of weeks and we'll let you know on our plans then for the rest of the, rest of the winter. So, James, Paddy, thank you. James, well done. Cheers, Tommy. Au revoir. <laughs> <laughs> Go have a point. <laughs>